Hi to you here with episode 57 of the Cherokee Rewind. I'm Mick. Thanks a lot for hanging out with us here on episode 57. And, well, this time around, we're bringing in a guy who played, uh, it hasn't been a decade, but it's been within the last <laughs> And he goes by the name of Ryan Kelly. He was a uh, former Cherokee team captain and uh Ryan, I'm trying to remember what years did you play in Toledo? It was it was uh, 2011 to 2012 was the year. I was having to think about this the other night because I went down to the game there with you. But yeah, it was 2011 to 2012. Okay, and uh, I know you went on. Did you play at UT at University of Toledo after? No, I went and played at uh, UM Dearborn. Oh, you were you were a UM Dearborn guy. Okay, yeah. Let's see. Again, I've got over 20 years worth of guys I try to remember. And oh, it's like my head. It's like, uh, uh, anyway. <laughs> now, one thing I try to do is I always try to remember the, the number you wore when you played. And I'm about 97 to 98% of the time I get it wrong. But that's just because <laughs> I'm just talented that way. Anyway, uh, I'm going to guess here and say that you wore, was it nine? It was. Really? Yeah, I don't you got look it right. These, I honest, I don't look these things up in the internet. <clears throat> I don't, you know, I'm not like I told you before. I'm not trying to be Joe Rogan here. Okay, <laughs> I just I, I have a conversation with people, and I don't try to cheat and look it up and make it sound like hey, you know, I'm a CSHL guru or whatever, or NA3HL. <laughs> you know, it's like nope. I just try to remember what I remember, and like I said, most of the time I get it wrong, but. Well, like I always say, a broke clock's right twice a day anyway. So, <laughs> but uh, I want to talk about this now. Uh, you are a local guy, correct? You are from Toledo? No, I'm actually, I, I kind of bounced around. I'm originally from Florida. I moved up yeah. and I was I was living in uh, kind of like the Northville, Livonia area for m most of my time since I was 14. Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, yeah, I... I think How old were you when you came up from Florida? I was 14. So I you played. Were 14 when you came up. Yeah. Yeah, I was 14. Oh, I'm, sorry, I moved up and I played um, I played up here with uh, a, a coach named Terry Christensen. And he ended up, uh, he brought me up from Florida and quite a few other guys. And I played uh, with him at, I guess it would be like the Oakland Grizzlies now. I played there. Yeah. And then I went and played for. Um, Victory Honda, and then I played for Honey Baked, kind of like all over the Metro Detroit area. Uh, so you you you, you went through the circuit, okay? Yeah. But uh, now, did you play when you were in Florida? Where did you play? Yeah, I played originally. I played for the so it's the Florida. I think they're still the Junior Panthers. So the Florida Junior Panthers, um, and then also the um, the Golden Wolves out of uh, Pembroke Pines Arena. It's kind of a the rival to the Panthers at the time. Those were the two like heavy hitter AAA teams. The we didn't have AAA at first when I started playing down there, and then we got AAA because we had that you know the migration. All the Panthers started coming there, and then their kids were playing, and they needed higher competition and stuff. So that was I was the beneficiary of all that, all that hype oh. from the Panthers. Yeah, got it. So how old were you when you first put on a pair of skates? Oh. Uh, I was pretty young. My dad's a Montreal guy, so he's he was oh. 
he was all about the hockey. Not He never, like, forced me to do anything, but, you know, we're watching hockey all the time. That's what I wanted to do. So I was two when I first started skating. He would, like, okay. roll me around on some skates up in, uh, up in Canada. And I don't know. It was always fun. So I wasn't very good, obviously. I was kind of probably just, like, walking around with the push cart thing that you learn to skate with. Yeah. But yeah. Yep. That's all right. Uh, it's probably better than what I, I probably would need that now. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, but anyway, and I'm not talking about skates. Anyhow, um, <laughs> let me ask you, when you go, how often did you go back up to, up to Montreal? I mean, did you go up there frequently? When when I was a kid, we, we would go up, we'd go up quite a bit. It would, every summer we'd go, it was my dad's, um, my grandparents lived up there. So we'd go up to, to Montreal visit for, for summers and, and sometimes in winter. I don't know. It, I was really young, so it was kind of hard. It's hard to remember exactly, but we'd go up quite a bit. It's still fun to go up. He still has some family up there. We'll, we'll make our way up every now and then. I'm half Canadian, so I, I got the uh, the dual citizenship going, <laughs> so I can <laughs> I can pop in and out. Probably not now, but back then I could. You know, now when you were uh, what what was it about the game that interested you was it uh, just the whole thing of watching it with your dad or was it uh, was there any i mean what was it that really intrigued you so much about the game oh man it's hard to say because you like when you've been playing for so long you don't really think back to what's i I played a lot of street hockey in florida we don't have rinks you know so i'd have we i'd have my net out in the backyard i watched the mighty ducks growing up i watched hockey with my dad growing up and so all those things it was something that was pretty easy to be playing outside and i was outside all the time um i don't know it's something it it kind of it's i liked doing things that were athletic my first word was ball so i loved i loved anything that had to do with sports i played baseball i played you know football i played basketball not very well (laughs) but but (laughs) hockey hockey just like it got the best of all of those sports for me. And I was I was pretty good. I was better at hockey than I was at the other sports. So it's always more fun when you're better at something. So you 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 start playing that all the time. But yeah. So um who what team did did you follow as a kid growing up? Was it the Canadians or did you uh, uh strike out on your own? <laughs> oh uh I like the Panthers. I love the Panthers. So I Canadians are probably my you know, second favorite team. Close, close call there because my dad's a huge, huge Habs fan. So I love the Canadians, but the Panthers. And at the time when I was growing up, like the '96 Panthers going to the Stanley Cup Finals and everything, that was right in the prime of my childhood. So we were really excited. And then we got Pavel Bure when I was a kid there. So I would say the Panthers were probably the team that I followed the most. But I like the Canadians. I'll always have a have a spot for them. Oh my goodness! So, uh, well, look at it this way: because you're a dual citizen, you know, you got to have dual teams. Yeah, exactly. Good. Yeah, got to got to respect, you know, both hometowns. Although Montreal's yep. not my hometown, but maybe my dad's. Yeah. Paying paying the homage to the Blanc uh, Blanc Bleu Rouge, uh, <laughs> but uh, now when you you know who was your favorite player growing up, Pavel? Oh, uh, I loved I loved Barry, but. Uh, Bill Lindsay was my favorite player when I was a kid. I don't know if you know Bill Lindsay. He played. I remember uh, the, yeah. He's been a, he's been around. I think he does some broadcasting. Um, he I wore eleven was the first number I had when I was a kid for Bill Lindsay. He was like a grinder. He did not play at all the same way I play. <laughs> but he was like a, 
<laughs> I don't know. It's just something about I met him a couple times when I was a kid in Florida. And so I think that was what got me. And he scored this huge goal um, during their playoff run. And he was like on his back and he, he slid in on a breakaway and scored. And it was like such a big moment and seeing that as a kid. So I loved him growing up. But I liked uh, I liked Burry. I liked uh, Marion Gabrick a lot. Um, yeah, I think probably those Speedy two were the guys. biggest ones. The, well, the what? Right. Yeah, they're speedy guys. Speedy guys. Burry yeah. and Gabrick. Yeah. You know. And so you went with the guy who was like the total antithesis. <laughs> with well, was, yeah, at first. That was my first uh, my first favorite. That's all right. Now, let me ask you, uh, just where, I mean, where did you, how hard was it to get ice when you were playing in Florida? Was it a real chore or did, were you able to find it pretty easily? I think it got a little easier as we got older. I'm sure, I don't know what it's like. Michigan is the hub, right? So every, I, like there's rinks around every corner. There were only a couple of rinks in South Florida. And ice time, especially when you were, you know, four, four or five years old, was hard to come by for those teams. So we'd have practices at like four in the morning, which I think is a typical, typical thing for young kids, maybe. But it was hard to get to get any ice time past 4 a.m. <laughs> but wow. But there were more a few more rinks popped up as I as I got older and as hockey got a little bit bigger in Florida. But hard at the beginning. Uh uh, so what was the level of competition like there? Uh, was it pretty good hockey when you were growing up? It was. I mean, we, I think we benefited from, from the Panthers being there and it attracted a lot of different, uh, even if it wasn't just players sons, like I played with a bunch of like NHL kids sons growing up cause they'd be, you know, coming down for the Panthers and then their kids would play on the local teams. And then even just, I think attracting people to the sport that wouldn't have otherwise seen it. You get some some kids, even if they're not related to any NHL players, that would go out and start hockey. So we had we had some good competition. We ended up getting AAA, and then um, the problem was it was very localized to just like Southeast Florida. There mm-hmm. was a team in Orlando that was pretty good, um, but other than that, we had to travel all the time. So we were we were always going out of out of state, out of uh, up to Michigan quite a bit. So hard to find competition in South Florida. And hockey's not a cheap sport to begin with. And the travel costs had to be astronomical. Yeah, it was tough. My goodness. Yeah. um, (laughs) So you come up to Michigan at age 14. Um, Where did, I mean, was it solely for hockey or? Yeah. So I, um, you know, just like everybody else, you're trying to pursue getting getting to the next level, getting a scholarship, getting getting some looks from somebody. So I had I was doing well in in Florida, and I had um, I had made the uh, they had the development camp for the Team USA for the U14, U15, like those age groups. And I was at the the camp in Minnesota, and you know got got the advice that it'd be better if I had. If I would try and you know move up to a market that had more not a market <laughs> not getting paid anything move up to an area that had more teams and more competition and it it would be a good move for me to see uh, more consistent competition plus all the travel costs of living in Florida and having to play were starting to eat away we weren't necessarily yeah. a well-off family so 
um, yeah, so I moved up, moved up at 14 just to get more, more competition, play for some, some good teams up here. So did one of your folks go with you up here or so did when one I, of your folks come up or how did that happen? When I first moved up, um, I spent the first couple months, uh, just living with my coach. And then, uh, my mom actually came up because I still, I have brothers and sisters still in Florida. So both parents weren't going to be dropping everything and moving. So my mom came up with me, which was great. She ended up being a billet mom for another, another kid, uh, the year later. Um, wow. so it was good. I had some, some pieces of home with me when I was coming up here. That had to be hard though. Still, I mean, never mind just you get being away from your dad and your, and your siblings, but the idea of, uh, when you first got there, first couple months, you know, you didn't have anybody. It was just you and your coach. Yeah. I had some teammates there. There were a couple of kids that lived with me, but it was, it's kind of a weird, kind of a weird, uh, weird change for me. I remember walking in on, there was a kid. I, I was, I was never really like the biggest guy, especially at 14. I was not, I didn't have anything on me. And one of the kids I was living with was this huge, to me, he was huge, huge kid. And I remember I woke up one morning, I walk out and he's just like, shirtless doing push-ups in the living room i'm like this is this is the type of people that i'm, I'm gonna be dealing with every day it's like i need to start doing push-ups or something something yeah oh man that's funny so did you how um how long did you think it took you to get acclimated to feel comfortable in michigan uh not that long i i liked it i i was when I was playing in Florida and, and they said, you're going to Detroit, what we're picturing is like eight mile, like Eminem's going to be coming around the corner yeah. and shooting at each other. And, it's all <laughs> stuff. and that's obviously not what, you know, Metro Detroit is like. So I was surprised with how I, I, my coach lived in like Rochester Hills and oh, lived in this okay. really nice house. I'm like, oh man, this is like the Detroit area. <laughs> this is not as bad as I thought. So it didn't take that long. I think it was, you know, it's an adjustment. You're leaving home and you're in kind of a weird place. But it was it was kind of fun. I liked that, you know, the hockey was good. The, my team I got along with. It was a good time. Overall, I don't think it took me too long. Okay. So uh, you come up here, you're playing hockey. Um, did your mom ever tell you how hard it was for her and for, and for your dad to be a part and uh, for, to make that adjustment? Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, she didn't, she never made it, you know, a point to be like, well, you know, I'm, I'm no parent would, I guess, like make it obvious or apparent that, you know, the sacrifice that they're making. But I could see it was, it's hard for her because she's leaving everything too. She doesn't have, you know, friends or family up here. She doesn't, you know, she's not seeing, I'm the youngest. So her, you know, kids are a little bit older, but they all still lived, all my siblings still live down there. I'm the youngest of five. So it was it was tough for her, but she never really brought it up too much. My dad was always, you know, really good with with that. He'd come up and visit as much as he could. Um, but my dad has had, you know, a lot of a lot of health problems growing up. So for him to be able to to make it up at that time was was difficult. So she stepped up and and helped me out <laughs> when I needed it. Yeah, she she bailed you, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there you go. No, but seriously, um, you know, I mean, that's a that's a Herculean effort. I, oof, I very, there are not a lot of people that would do that. 
no. you know, it's tough enough to let, you know, let your, your kid go to uh, go billet with someone, you know, yeah. that's tough. But to drop what you're doing, you're in pause, put your life on pause and go to a totally different part of the country, you know, n- not knowing anyone that that's that's a sacrifice, man. It is. That's yeah. it, it really is. So I tip my hat to her. man. That's that's a lot of guts. <laughs> um, so you go and you play. Uh, what was it like when you first started playing there when you were making the circuit uh, as a 14 or 15 year old? <clears throat> excuse me um it was fun i was just i was happy to be up here i was happy to be playing my whole life was hockey i played for both teams when i got here so i played i was 14 i played for the the u the u16 and the u18 team so i got really yeah i was i was really fortunate my coach was he's a you know one of the best coaches i've ever had um terry christensen and he uh I guess uh, respected my game enough to want me to to play for both teams. So I got pretty good opportunities. I played for the, the U16 team. So I'd practice with the with the U18s in the earlier afternoon. I'd go home, take a nap, go back and practice with the U16s later, and then I'd be playing. If we both play at the same time, I'd normally play with the 16 teams. But if you know if the if the U16 didn't have a game, I'd go play with the 18s. It was fun. It was a really good experience. And uh, oh, I bet. yeah, the guys on so both teams. Were you able just, to were you able to hang with both teams? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. The guys, a lot of the kids were Florida kids actually. So we had a mix of some some local guys and then some of the um, uh, the Florida kids who were who were looking to move up and, and come into the area. And uh, they were great. <laughs> they were always really nice. I was just a little dumb kid. Like I wasn't. I was not very mature at all, like very quiet, very timid kid. And they always were so nice to me. And I was uh, surprised, I would say, because, you know, you, these guys are cute. They're they might as well have been 40 years old to me. So, so you know, hang out with them like they, you know, I didn't have a, I couldn't even drive if I wanted to. So they'd, you know, drive me to practice. I'd go over a few of them had um, a house together that they that they um, were renting that was near the coach's house. And I'd go, I'd go hang out there. We'd play, you know, play ping pong, do whatever. It wasn't anything like you would read about where you're getting bullied by the bigger guys or anything. They're always awesome to me. So it was fun. That's great. Um, now, you, uh, you, pl- you played, how many years did you play up there? So I played one year with, um, with that team. And then I ended up, I went and played uh, the next year at Victory Honda. And then, um, then Honey Baked the following year. So I think it would have been four years. Honey Baked and then Victory Honda again. So four years I played, and then I uh, got on out. So where did? Yeah. So then, uh, so where did you end up going to high school? I went to Northville High School. And have you? I don't know if you. It's kind of. It's right by right by like Livonia, Novi area. So uh-huh. it's um. No, actually, someone that I know that I, well, when I was, like, much younger than you, uh, but uh, when I went to high school, uh, a very dear friend of mine in high school, her family moved up to up there, and that's where she went, was Northville. Yeah. So I'm very familiar with it. Anyway, uh, but that was 1980-something. Never mind. I'm old, okay? <laughs> Anyhow. Uh, but, 
so so you play up at Northville. Did you get tempted at all to play high school hockey or not really? Um, not not too much. They they had it was fun. Like I knew the guys who played on the high school team. One of my friends who actually I met, he became one of my best friends. He played uh, with me on on Honda at first, and then he uh, decided to just go and play uh, for the high school team. And he had he had a good time going to play there. So I guess that's as close as I got to being tempted as wanting to hang out with him and play there. But but I I wanted you know you get more opportunities if you're playing in the AAA than than you would in the Michigan high school. Um, just overall, so I wanted to stick with that as much as I could. Ain't nothing wrong with that. So, <clears throat> were I mean, what were the teams like? Did you guys win any championships, or did you contend, or? Yeah, we came pretty close. We didn't. I don't. We never ended up winning anything. We, uh, I think the the was the closest. The closest I got was actually my last year when I was playing for the Victory Honda Majors. We went to the finals against Beltire for the state championship, and we lost in the uh, in the okay. finals there. But we had good teams. A, a team I played for the year before for Honey Baked. We had a really good team, and we just couldn't get it done. We just didn't end up end up making it. I think we lost in like the semifinals. We didn't even make it to the finals. I could be misremembering though, but that's all right. I mean, couldn't quite still, get it that's done. pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's still pretty good. There's a lot of teams out there where we've been happy to trade places with you. Yeah, that's you true. Got, got to look at it that way. So, yeah. um, now you go through all of that. What ended up putting you into a Toledo? <clears throat> Excuse me, a Toledo uniform. I uh, I had like a crazy juniors experience, so I oh. I got uh, signed by a team out in Texas in the North American Hockey League while I was playing at Victory Honda. Pretty okay. early, like really early on. I don't even remember the dates, but early into the season, played there, and then I went out to Texas. And the day the day before I got there, the coach who had signed me got a job in the American Hockey League, so I ended up oh, so I, <laughs> I ended up uh, showing up to practice with we had no coach the first couple of practices, which was you know an experience. I, I um, uh, my billet family that I lived with they were amazing people, really nice people, mm-hmm. but. Uh, the the room that they had because they were they were trying to like prepare a room for the kids who were going to be coming so they kind of had just like walled off a part of their living room with these like boxes and that was that was the room I was living in so I'm leaving uh, to go to this place I've never been to I got no coach I'm living at in like boxes it was such a crazy experience so I didn't last very long there <laughs> that, didn't, that didn't go very well the coach the new coach came in and uh, so he. He traded me down to Port Huron, uh, which was an expansion team, and I, they had about forty guys on their roster when I got there. <laughs> so, oh my, yeah. And then I ended up going out to um, the Sioux, and I played the rest of the year out there. And then after that year, um, I had gotten in, in touch with uh, Scott Searing, who was the coach in Toledo, and it was, mm-hmm. um, and I talked to him, and I really liked what he had to say about just like making hockey a fun experience again. Cause I'd had some kind of like ups and downs and in, in terms of junior experiences. So I came there and decided to come out, skated with the team, loved it, loved him, loved the coaches, loved being there. So came and played for Toledo, loved it. Great year. 
Yeah, I remember you very well as far as uh, uh, when your uh, dad would come up. He'd always we he'd always find me and start we'd start talking. <laughs> always he always would find me and we start talking about um, you know about you usually you know talking about your playing and stuff and you just I remember him as a wonderful wonderful man and uh, just uh, he just uh, was your biggest fan. You know that's the thing I I always remember when I think about you know your dad and stuff and. Uh, now when you came to Toledo for, uh, camp, what did, did, what did anything change as far as what you were expecting and what you ended up, uh, how you approached coming into camp? Uh, how do you mean specifically, like in terms of what I expected out of the, the season or the, the team or no, just for you. I mean, you know, you had you had you had those experiences that left a bad taste in your mouth. Uh, was there anything like a set going in, like I'm not going to let these guys do this to me, or I'm not going to, you know, or I'm going to do establish this boundary or whatever? Yeah, well, I I wanted to have fun playing hockey, and I wanted to play at a decent level and and be on the team again, and and feel like you know a good part of the team, and I wanted. Um, the support of of my coaches. It's not like I want my my hand held or or uh, anything like that, but <laughs> just just somebody who I know I'm on the same page with. And I felt like I had that when I was going to Toledo, and I was going there just to just to enjoy myself. I wanted to. I wasn't looking for anything specific, I guess, out of out of my time there, aside from like playing good hockey and and uh, being part being part of the team is the thing that you you miss the most when you stop playing. And that's, that's the thing that I wanted again. I wanted to be, feel that camaraderie, have that good experience and, and make my last year of juniors a good one. That's the only thing I wanted to do when I came. Okay. So you walk into that locker room, uh, any, any butterflies or any kind of, uh, anxiety going in there the first time? Um, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think I really had any, any anxiety or, or, I mean, you always get nervous when you're going to play, but not, nothing too, nothing too bad. I, I kind of, my mindset, I, I typically tend to play better when I'm really trying to stick it to somebody. So Mm -hmm. when I'm, when I'm angry and I'm really trying to like show somebody that they screwed up or whatever, like, Oh, you think this about me, I'm going to show you. So I had more of that mindset going in. So it wasn't anything really nerve wracking. I was just excited. I just wanted to get going and uh stick it to some people (laughs) (laughs) hey nothing wrong with that yeah Uh, so now do you remember anything about like maybe your first game or your first goal oh in in toledo yeah (laughs) um you know i i can't i can't say that i do i remember i remember certain games i don't know if i remember my first goal oh man I can't say that I do. I remember big games that we had because we had good rivalries going against um, like Flint was always, always a big one. Metro. Um, I remember certain goals in those games. Mm-hmm. Um, but my first one, I can't say I remember. I don't know. Maybe it's all all the concussions I've had. I just, you know, start to start to lose some things. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yikes. So um, how did you end up being uh, named captain? 
So I, I was, we were going to a game. This was a road game. So it was a couple, couple of days or a couple of games into the season. And uh, Coach Sarian came up to me. It was actually Mike Baker. I, I split it with it at first. It's kind of a weird situation. So he was also one of the captains of the team. And he said, okay, Ryan, Mike, like you guys, we want you to be the captains. You're the older guys. You know, this is what we expect of you. Like, just keep doing what you're doing, which was an honor. Like, I'd never been, uh, uh, I'd been assistant captain, alternate captain, but never a captain before. So that was great to have that kind of trust placed in you. And then all the guys took to it really well. Um, and I think I had had, I was the, I was the away captain um, at first but I was still the captain for most of the, like the team activities and stuff with Mike. And I, I was talking to a ref one day <laughs> and we didn't have this, the C sewn on the jerseys yet. And I was, mm-hmm. I was, ar- I was trying to argue about a call for a penalty or for a face off or something. And coach steering had sent me out to talk to him and the, and the ref just looks at me and is like, I don't see a letter. You're not talking to me. <laughs> I was like, okay. And so I went and I said, Hey, I need to have something on my Jersey. If you want me to want me to be going out there and talking to him. And then I ended up just, just having it on everything. So me and me and Mike just shared it for, for the rest of the time. So it came out of me That's arguing, funny. which is pretty, pretty typical. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! So, um, so you and you and uh, Mike got along pretty good, huh? Uh, yeah. What was it like? Do you remember your line mates? I, I okay. I remember I played with Baker for a lot of the time, and I think I played with uh, Skrzynski as well. Or I don't think I played with um, uh, Patty Smytas. I think I played with him for a little bit. We had a couple. We rotated through a few, but I played with Baker. Uh, Mike Baker for most of the year, if not all of the year, as well as uh, Austin Fletcher, um, AJ. Right. We played. We played. Uh, I lived with him that year, so we played together wow. for a little bit too. Yeah. Well, uh, the the one thing with with AJ is you got some good memories oh, to man. talk about because he he that that guy was uh, just wonderful and he is sorely missed. Yeah. Um, you know. You know. And the thing is, the funny part is, is he was always a. Uh, uh, a crap disturber. You know? Oh man, he was awesome. <laughs> he was. I mean, he, he. Go ahead. He was such a good kid. Like he, I lived. I um. So part of the reason that I ended up living with him and his family is I lived with his brother, um, Eric. Eric Fletcher, when I played in the Sioux. So we were billet brothers up in the Sioux. And then when I went to Toledo, his younger brother, AJ, was playing on the team, and I knew their family. And uh, so I got to, you know, Mr. Fletcher and Yonsil and all them, and I got to go live with them and AJ. And we became really close. Like, he, he's very different from his brother. He's just like a little – he was like a firecracker, man. Nice kid. <laughs> and he just would go crazy on people. It was yes, great. Would. Yeah. Fearless guy. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's, you know, I mean – he uh it 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 makes me laugh because it was like i didn't know whether or not he was a uh more likely to tick off somebody on the other team or tick us off (laughs) (laughs) he had a little bit of that yeah yeah and that's what i loved about him though man he he like you said he was fearless and he lived life to the fullest and you know we only had him for 25 years but god bless him man he he put a lot into the you know, so 
Oh, man. Yeah, I think about him every day. He's such a I had such a good time. And then, you know, technology now with Facebook and everything that that year that we're living together, I, I see something at least every day from him back when we were back when we were living together, different posts, different like little inside jokes and stuff and just really good times we had. He's yeah, he's sorely missed. He was such a good person. Yeah. Now, what was it like uh, with Eric? You know, you talked about being a billet brother up in the Sioux. Uh, contradict the styles. <laughs> oh, man. So so Eric, he's a uh, he's a great guy, too, obviously. Like they both come from a good family. So they're but he was I think he was more um, not even keel because I think he could lose his mind a little bit, too. But he, he bottled <laughs> it up a little bit more than more than AJ did. He was a he was like a total meathead, big, big into lifting weights. Um, he was a good player too. He's, he was a defenseman, so different styles of game. Um, he kind of had a little bit of a different outlook. He was more of like a roundabout kind of guy and AJ was like a plow through you kind of guy. So <laughs> they complimented each other well, especially when they would fight with each other because they both had, both had different styles, but both got equally angry. So it was interesting <laughs> living with, living with them. Uh, so, um, now you know, I, I was going to say that had to be really interesting, too, because, I mean, being up in the Sioux, that's a long, long way from uh, a long, long way from the, you know, the home base, not only for you, but for them, uh, for Eric. Yeah. I mean, you know, that had to be uh, pretty, I don't know, I guess uh, intense, I would think. Yeah, he that team that uh, the Sioux Eagles, that that was one of the best teams I've I've ever been on in terms of we all got along really, really well. We had some really good players on the team. A lot of guys that, you know, went on and had, you know, some good college careers and, and, uh, and we, we won a championship. We, we won our league that year and went to like the, the, uh, Ontario championships. And, uh, we, when I came in, I came in a little bit into the season because I'd been bouncing around out in Texas. So when I, <laughs> I came in, I think it was on my birthday and uh, the first day we, we went to, you know, like a get together with the team and everybody was really welcoming to me, including Eric. Like I dropped my bag off in my room and then he drove me to, to go to this party. And I was like, <laughs> like we had been friends for, for a year. Like it didn't, didn't make a difference to him. And then uh, it was like that the whole time. Like we really felt like a family there. It was a, it was a great time. It's a, it was such a good experience. He was always a good kid and, and even though it was hard, I think for everybody being away from from home, you you didn't feel too, you didn't miss it too much while you were there. Everyone was was having a pretty good time. <laughs> I bet they were. Anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, so you know when you come into Toledo and you know you start playing here, um, did you have to make any adjustments to your game? as far as the, the the style you played versus what you were doing up in the Sioux? Yeah. So I, I've always, I've always been more of an offensive player. And um, when I was in the Sioux, I actually was a defensive guy. I play, I, I didn't play full defense, but I was like penalty kill. I was, I was, that was my role in that team coming in late because they had their scores, they had their team. So I had to take that on. And then when I went to Toledo, I was expected, you know, to be to be more of the scoring, playmaking, as well as, you know, the mentoring for the younger kids that we had. We had a lot of young kids on that team. So finding the balance of being 
defensively responsible, which is something I was <laughs> had to learn the previous year and then still picking up and, and trying to produce offensively. It was a good balancing act for me. I think it was helpful to to kind of round out my game a little bit, but I hadn't really had that that balance before I got to Toledo, I don't think. Well, that's all right. Um, so what was it like playing for Scott Searing? He was awesome. He he was a really good coach. I He wasn't an overbearing guy. He wasn't the guy who'd like come in and be throwing stuff around the locker room or pointing at you and saying, you suck, <laughs> which I've had those experiences before too. But he, yeah. he, he would tell you what he wanted you to do and what he expected out of you. And then he'd, you know, he'd let you go out and do it. And that's, if you, if you didn't perform, he'd let you know. And if you did, he'd let you know that too. Um, I, uh, I remember I was on the playing on the power play and I, he had put me on the point. I think there was a, the puck came rimming around the corner. I stopped the puck flat footed, got absolutely lit up by a kid. They went down and scored. And I was so embarrassed, like just so mad seething. And all he did, he said, all right, all right, Kelly, back out. Like, put me right back out on the ice, right back in the same position. Didn't didn't bat an eye. He knew that it was a mistake. He knew that I knew what I screwed up on. He wasn't the type of guy who would like make you suffer for a week about a mistake that you made. He would he would he trusted you, and that's what I liked, and that's what I think most of our team appreciated about him. Hmm. Now, who else were the coaches on that team? Was that Tarsha? Yeah, Tarsh. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> good old Tarsh. Yeah. What do you the remember guy. about him? I remember him being a monster. He was huge. He was a big, big old, big old Hulk, bald, really cool car. <laughs> he had that. He had that Jeep. He was so proud of that Jeep. He had a like a tan. I think it was one of the newer models of the Jeeps when he would bring it out, and he'd take every every opportunity he had to tell you about his car. But he was always <laughs> he was always really nice. And uh, we'd go down. I forget what the gym is called down the road from from the ice house. But that's where we had our gym membership. So after practice, he'd go down. He'd be leading the workouts for us. Oh, Century um, 21. Yeah, yeah. 21st Century, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so he was in charge of our workouts and our lifting programs and everything, which he was well qualified for. <laughs> so, um, but he was a good guy. I still, um, I've, I've, I haven't talked to him too much since, but I, uh, since I've left Toledo, but a couple text messages here and there, he's always happy to talk to you and happy to see, happy to to hear from you. So he was a good guy. Same with Coach Sear. Yeah, I hadn't talked to I hadn't talked to uh, Tarsh in a while, good while. But then out of the blue, uh, about a week ago or a little over a week ago, he texted me and said, yeah. you know, we need to get together, blah blah blah. And I'm like, hey, I'm all for it, man. Let's do it. Yeah. You know, so we we start texting each other again, and it was just good to hear from him. Because uh, he's he's just a really good dude. Because he's he lives out. I think now where uh, where Joe and Jan still live, he's out that way. Oh, he's out by Adrian. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah he's yeah he's out there. So, uh, but uh, he's still he's working, and of course he's married with a family. So you know you know how that is when you grow yeah. up, even if it is that later in life you grow yeah. up. But uh, <laughs> let's, let's put it this way: I only talk about it. I don't know because I haven't grown up yet. But uh, you, you and me both. Yeah. So, oh yes, you have. But uh, we'll get into we'll get into that here in a little bit. Anyway, uh, so you guys play in, you play the year in Toledo. Um, who who would you say were some of the funnier goofballs that were on that team? Oh, uh, we had man, we had a, a host of characters. 
Man, we had uh, so Keech Keech Papuano. Oh yes, was hilarious. Just just a silly guy. Um, and then we had uh, Ryan Quigley. I don't know if you remember Ryan Quigley. Yeah, uh-huh, I do. Yeah, him him and Keech would play off each other in excess. <laughs> they they always had had something just I don't know silly stuff, dumb voices, couldn't tape on each other's skates, like just just silly stuff all the time. Oh, um, so they they would do that to each other on purpose. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jake Manders, he he wasn't. I don't know. He didn't come across like he was a silly guy, but he had a pretty good sense of humor. Like he was, he was willing to, to like just rib people enough just to push them over and watch what happened, which, which I always really enjoyed. That's my type of humor. Just like, just see how far you can push somebody before they start flipping out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's well, I've known Jake a long time because he, after his, after he finished uh, playing and stuff, he, uh, would uh he's been uh he works he's a working guy but he also would do um he, he did camera for the cherokee broadcasts the internet oh. broadcast for a long time and then now he's into coaching because he's got kids of his own and That's stuff right. so he is um so he's coaching and stuff so it's getting him moving and stuff and uh he's uh yeah so he's you know giving back to the game like you know like a lot of guys do you know they're yeah. by coaching getting and being involved in the game in one fashion or another, and that's that's Jakey. He is uh, still a great guy, a wonderful guy, and uh, and yes, you're right. He is very funny. He does have a, a funny side to him, and, <laughs> uh, but um, and he for the longest time had longer hair than any of my sisters, and uh, but uh, then he cut it, and I don't even I, I haven't seen him in a bit, so I, I don't know how long it is now, but I know that. Um, I know that he's still around the rink all the time. So, and that's a good thing. Like I said, uh, him giving back to the game and being a part of the uh, Cherokee organization still and doing all those things. That's pretty cool. So who, I mean, now who would you say was, I mean, were you, did you have to go through anything your year in Toledo as far as whether it was, I know rookie initiation can be a thing sometimes. Did you have to go through any of that stuff? Uh, Thank goodness I didn't. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I had I had my my rookie initiation in my previous seasons of junior, so I, I got grandfathered in as as being a veteran, even though it wasn't with Toledo, because mm-hmm. um, I played a year of juniors. I didn't have to experience the uh, the rookie dinner. <laughs> ah, yeah. But uh, but I thought I thought you know th- those things are fun, and I wouldn't have been opposed to to going through it. I don't know how much we're supposed to divulge about those or not. We, I think it was oh. pretty light in Toledo. Yeah, I mean, usually, you know, you dress up, and you, I know the rookies dress up in drag, and yeah. I mean, obviously, shoe check, all the other fun things, uh, oh, leaners, yeah. you know. The shoe boy, checks. I, the shoe checks, I'd forgotten about those. I got shoe checked <laughs> a couple times. <laughs> how was, bad did it get? How bad were they? Uh, well, it was, this was when I was, uh, the first one I was in Texas and I was still just a ball of nerves and very, very maladjusted young guy. And I had to get up in front of an entire restaurant and start singing, uh, build me up buttercup. So <laughs> they made you, they made you stand on the table. And it, so if you had the rules are, if you have your legs crossed, you're not going to be shoe checked. So that doesn't count. But if you uncross your legs, 
at any point, then you're, you know, liable to get some ketchup on your shoes. And I thought I had them crossed the whole time. Apparently I didn't. Had to stand up and sing Build Me Up Buttercup in front of a restaurant with no warning. So that was tough. And then the very next, literally the next dinner, it was, I think it was lunch and then dinner. At the dinner, I got shoe checked again and had to sing another song. Oh, it's terrible. Ouch. Yeah. Now, now were the restaurant uh, folks pretty understanding about you being on the table? They laughed as hard as everyone else, so I'm sure they didn't. <laughs> sure they didn't care. They seemed all right oh, with it. Oh man, that's funny. Most now, of our teams were pretty respectful. We weren't like trashing anything. They, you know, a hockey team sometimes get a bad rap as if we're like vandals or, or breaking things up. But that was never my experience with the teams I played on. We'd have fun, but we kept it pretty respectful. Well, uh, so who would you say probably uh, did all those things the most? that you can remember if you remember any, but um, uh, whether it's shoe check, whether it's uh, tape blading or blade taping, gleaners, uh, <laughs> uh, whatever, any of I, that stuff. I think maybe it might've been Mike Baker. He was like a little mischievous guy. He was the dad of the team for everybody, but he, he got a kick out of seeing people squirm. So I think he did it to more people than I did. I did it. Yeah. I, I, I would pull a few here and there, but I think he was more of the culprit. And then, uh, yeah, Keach did it quite a few times too, even though he got it done to him a lot of the time. Now, um, who were your, do you remember who you pretty much who your roommates were on the road? Um, I stayed with AJ a lot of the time. Um, and then uh, when we'd be tripled up, Baker would come in the room. They, I think we tried to stay with our lines. So mm. whoever I was playing with, or they'd try and have an older guy with a younger guy. So I, I stayed with, uh, you know, AJ, Baker, a um, couple times with like Quigley or Brandon Thalen was a young kid on the team when we were there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So play, yeah, kind of bounced around, but those were the the main ones, late night talks and Baker would be, uh, he'd plug his iPad or his iPod into the, uh, into the radio as soon as we walked in the room and start playing like smooth jazz or whatever kind of crap he was listening to. Oh gosh. Like, this guy did not care at all. Yeah. That's funny. He'd, he'd turn off the lights and be like, we're just going to listen to some music together. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to be in a dark room with you. <laughs> having jazz playing. <laughs> oh God. I, See, that's the funny stuff that I really miss about <laughs> and everything. I miss that stuff, man, because that is like the best, yeah. you know, um, or the like even the leaners, you know, uh, doing the doing the leaners either at night. You know, most of the guys would do them at night, you know, right. You know, after after bed check or whatever, you know, they knock and run like crazy. But I like the guys who were creative. I mean, I there were guys that would get up first thing in the morning. And do a leaner. So that way when they, instead of having to knock, they just wait for them to go, go down and meet everybody downstairs for breakfast. They could just leave it there, go away, and just a few minutes later when everyone's getting ready to head out, bam! Yeah. <laughs> you, know? It, it, you know, so it's, I mean, just the fun stuff like that that I, I, I miss. And it's always, it's always a riot when they do that stuff. But, uh now, so you played in Toledo. Now, what other stories or things do you remember about playing in Toledo? Were there any other crazy things that you remember much? 
Um, I don't. I remember. I remember spe- like specific games. I remember good comebacks we had. I remember the rivalries. I remember AJ getting into. Uh, I think he had a Gordie Howe hat trick against Flint when we were in Flint, and there was. I don't even. I don't remember this kid's name, but there was this one guy in Flint who I just hated. I think he was AJ. I think was number seven. Or yeah. Had, and uh, and this other kid was number seven. So I remember thinking like, oh, of course the two like. The two people who are causing the rockets are wearing the same number, and I think Why AJ not? ended up. AJ fought this kid during that game, and then I was I was getting I, I didn't I didn't fight him probably for the best for me, <laughs> and uh, I think somebody went and just absolutely laid this kid out. We went we ended up winning the game, um, had a big goal in the end, and it was like kind of towards the end of the year. And I remember thinking that was like such a satisfying game because. It's nice when you have games where it's easy and you go out and you blow a team out. I, I guess that's that can be fun too. But the close games where you got some like some anger in the game and you got some heat and you got things people you know wanting to kill each other and you pull it out and you get a big win. And it was at Flint, so I remember uh, everyone in, in their stands just booing us and like you screaming at us. It was so much fun. That was just such a good time. And then. Yeah. Uh, you know, the rookie party was fun. That was a really good time. Um, I think we went to like Applebee's. We had to, we called and made sure the restaurant was all right with it. We cleared everything first. But <laughs> I think the team went over and uh, all of the rookies were just really excited about it. More excited than I think they should have been. And, uh, <laughs> and they were just having a great time. They were going over saying hi to people at different tables and like people were taking pictures with them. And it was it was this girl's birthday uh, at a couple tables over, and the staff came up and said, "Hey, do you guys want to do a parade? It's this girl's birthday, and we'll have all of all of all of the rookies come up and sing her." <laughs> and all the rookies came out, and they're carrying the cake, and they just crowded around her, we're singing "Happy Birthday." She was so beat red in the face. Oh, it was such a good time. Yeah. You know what's funny is um, one of my previous podcasts. And I'm trying to remember who I think. Oh, it was. Um, oh gosh, Chris Easton. I think it was. Had mm-hmm. told me that uh, for their rookie initiation, they uh, they did the. They were at Applebee's. They had dinner there, and of course, you know, they were doing what they were doing. Well, apparently, there was a girl there that uh, she was talking about how her brother. She, they were right near them and said the, how her brother. Uh, Neat was looking for a girl to meet, and so she said that she called him and said, "You need to come to Applebee's. There's a, a whole big table over here of, of girls that are single, and you need to come meet them." And he got there. He shows up, and they 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 go there, and she, he she said he was like 15 types of beet red and really ticked off at her because he <laughs> saw all these guys in drag and uh, oh my god he said we laughed so hard it was the funniest thing and i'm like well i'd be pretty ticked off too if i had my hopes up and next thing you know i got a guy with five o'clock shadow you know or 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 the adam's apple is usually a a good giveaway but uh you know still but uh yeah i mean just fun stuff like that is what i i always miss and loved about you know about uh tc so, but um, now you finished playing your year there, and uh, were you looking at different places before you um, 
picked UM of Dearborn, or was that your target the whole time? No, I was looking at a couple of different places. Um, there was uh, Stony Brook was one. They had uh, actually we had flown. I've flown out there with uh, Gary Neal, who was on the team. Uh-huh. We had gone out to look. Yep. We had done like a you know, quote unquote visit out there and gone to see the team. There were some D three teams that I was talking to, but I didn't have any like you know solid solid offers or anything from them. It was just um, like yeah, you could come. Uh, be on the team you're not gonna get like scholarships or anything so I was I was kind of bouncing around about what I wanted to do and uh, at Dearborn I would have the you know the opportunity to get you know get a U of M degree be able to still play hockey and I was at that point I already knew that I was going to be trying to go into medicine and I thought that that was the best route for me to take and turned out really well I loved my time at Dearborn that was a great decision in the end but and we had some good teams. I had a really good time playing there. So it was kind of just a mix of of getting ready to like move on in, in my life and kind of go in a different direction, but still wanting to be able to play hockey and have have some good competition. Well, uh, did you when you played at UM Dearborn UMD, did you have any guys like that were former teammates or former opponents that you played with or against? Yeah, I had quite a few. Um, a lot of the guys from Toledo I ended up playing against. Um, uh, Smytaz I played against. Um, Baker, he, both both of them played at OU. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, Donnie Nagel ended up coming to, um, to Dearborn for a little while. I think he ended up moving on a little bit into the season. Um, and I can't even... A lot of guys. I can't even keep track of everybody. <laughs> There's quite a few that I ended up playing either with or against after that. There was a kid that I played with, um, Andrew Shalawilo. He played for Metro. Um, yeah, I remember him. Yeah, he, he's one of my best friends. He he ended up coming to Dearborn, and, uh, yeah, we became really close when he was there. It was good. I mean, the hockey world is great like that. You end up – I think I, I remember in, in, uh, in Dearborn, it was one of the first years we played Oakland – and they had beat us. And the coach that we had at the time, I really liked him. And he was he also liked to start stuff and knew that I liked, at that point, I was ready to be starting some stuff. And we went through uh, the handshake line and uh, they had beat us by a goal, I think. And they were just, mm-hmm. they were celebrating with each other after beating us by a goal at our home, on home ice. And they went through the handshake line and then they would they would double back through their own handshake line and start shaking each other's hands. And it was just, you know, they're just making, making a show out of it. And I, you know, saw red and I went up and it was, it was like bake. I think Baker and Smytaz were there. And I like went right up to him. And I'm like, <laughs> they're looking at me. Like I'm coming over to give them a hug. Cause we're friends. And I was yeah. going over to start a fight. And they, they were so caught off guard with what was going on. I felt really bad afterward because it wasn't about them, but I don't know. It's it's funny how things. But can... it was about them. <laughs> it was about them. It was their fault. <laughs> but right. I just funny. remember. I remember this look on on uh, <laughs> face when I'm coming over. He's like, "Hey, oh no." <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. Uh, oh gosh, that's funny. So you go through UMD and uh, you finish. Uh, now, I know you're. Uh, you're currently, you know, still, you're, are you, you're what, in med school right now? 
Yeah, yeah. I'm in my uh, third year right now, med school. Um, so when is match day for if you're third year? That means you got to think about residency. Yeah, so we're right now we're in uh, in our rotations. So we have the first two years are basically like just like college, but all you do is books. focus on medicine and diseases. Yeah, it's all books. We do some clinic stuff. Um, and then the third year is when you go into the hospital and you do you have like certain mandated rotations that you have to go through. So like surgery, OB, OBGYN, internal medicine, et cetera. So I'm in that part of things right now. I'm on my uh, hopefully my last one right now. And then you move into the fourth year, which is when you start applying. So you apply for residencies, you do interviews and then match day is in March. So the class above me is getting matched. I think like this coming week or the week after. Okay. So that's, that's, that's pretty the exciting day. stuff. Yeah. Now do you, uh, do you have a specialty you want to go into? Uh, or is there a particular one you want to be in? I'm interested in a specialty called PMNR, so physical medicine rehabilitation. Yeah. It's it's uh it's a not a lot of people really know too much about it, like even within medicine. The name doesn't really do it justice because it makes it sound like it's like physical therapy. But it's uh Oh, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not. They do a lot. It's a really dynamic field. You can do sports medicine with it, which is attractive. You can do um there's a lot of a lot of um different avenues you can take. You can do like endocrinology type rehabilitation. You can do like traumatic brain injuries, which is what initially attracted me to it. Um, there's just a lot of, a lot of things you can do. I really like that aspect of it. And then I also was thinking about, um, anesthesiology is another one that I like. You have to knock mm -hmm. people out because I loved <laughs> surgery when I was doing it. I, I liked that environment and that kind of like team atmosphere, similar, like high intensity type stuff. Anesthesia is not necessarily that, but I also don't have to do like seven years of residency torture to get there. So, yeah. Well, the fun part is that you can always have fun when you're in anesthesiology. A, fr a good friend of mine who is an anesthesiologist uh, once told me, he said, uh, he goes, the cool part about it, he goes, if I, if it's somebody that I know, he goes, I can mess with them. And <laughs> he, he did with me, you know, it's like, it's like uh, getting ready to go under. And it's like the last words you hear before you go out are, Please accept this sacrifice, O oh, Prince of Darkness. <laughs> you know? oh, you know? God, I mean, it's like, you know, and I'm like, I, and I remember, you know, uh, I had a, a, a surgery here a few years back and, and the uh, resident and I just, she came in to get my, uh, my um, H and P. And so I was just talking with her about it, you know, history and physical. And uh, we're talking and, you know, we got along real well. We hit it off. We just got along real well. She was really nice. And, you know, I was nice to her, you know, it wasn't like anything bad. It was just that, you know, we yeah. just, our, our, we just got along and laughed and all that other stuff. So I'm, they're putting me under and I said, uh, yeah. and all, all I hear after that is, <laughs> you know, and all this like dark stuff and I'm just sitting there and I'm out <laughs> and I wake up and when I come to, I go. I look and I see her there, and I go. I heard you when you went. And she just started laughing. And I mean, it's like it's like stuff like that that the average person doesn't get to understand. As far as you know, hockey humor, we get it, but uh, in medicine, they have humor too. Oh, they and, do, and they really do. And 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 I, you know, it's like 
that's where I get a, the biggest kick out of that stuff. I, I love a good laugh like that. And uh, that's why I, you know, I mean, I hope you, you know, like I say, procedures. Now, when you are done, are is your goal to stay in the area or are you looking to go somewhere else? I'd be happy to stay in the area. I'm not, I don't know, I because I'm not from here originally. So I've already moved here. So it's not like I'm opposed to, to moving or that I necessarily have a um, attachment to staying here either. I'd be I'd be fine to move, but I love I love the area. I love Michigan. I love this, you know, the Midwest. So I'd be I'd be happy to stay. But if I get a better opportunity for residency, I'll I'll go to wherever they want me, <laughs> wherever the best place <laughs> is that they're happy to let me, you know, be a doctor somewhere. That's what I would. That's the idea. I uh, know we'd love to have you here. Uh, now, what uh, have you figured out? What you hope uh, the hospitals are that'll take you? Um, not, not yet. I'm, you know, there's, there's a lot of good, I have to figure out for sure, which pro, what type of program I'd be, I'd want to do, whether it's anesthesia or whether it's PM&R, because there's some, some differences in terms of like what type of hospital system you want to have. If you do PM&R, you want to have like a standalone rehab facility that's attached to the hospital, ideally. So there's one in Detroit, uh, U of M has one. There's some out West, like in Colorado, there's a good program. So that kind of thing would would influence my choice, but I don't know. I, that's something I'll have to start getting more uh, responsible, taking care of. Right now, I'm just studying. Every, I'm like looking one step ahead. Well, there's nothing wrong with that, you know. Hey, <laughs> there's nothing. There's nothing that says you have to have it all mapped out immediately. You know, the entire you know residency and everything else and post residency. I mean, you're you're still young yet. You still got some time. You yeah. know, get like, like you know, you don't know what. I mean, the the events that'll lead to the your decisions uh, probably haven't even happened yet. Okay, so you know, you just you, you gotta uh, you know allow yourself to breathe there, and you'll like I say, you'll come through just fine. Yeah. So um, before we wind her up here, Ryan, um, who would you say was probably the the person that impacted you the most on the ice, or whether in the game? Would it be um, a coach, a teammate, uh, just somebody involved in the game? Um, I think, let's see. So there's, there was a coach that I played with growing up. Uh, his name was Rob Kenny. Mm-hmm. He, um, he ended up playing, he played for Northwestern. He was a captain there, leading scorer. He's in like their Hall of Fame. He, uh, and I think he played a couple games with the Rangers. And uh, when I was growing up in Florida, I was kind of like a hothead, uh, <laughs> you know, always arguing, kind of talking back type of kid. And he, I think he was the f- the first coach to really kind of rein that in and somebody I really respected and who, and who knew, he knew how to handle me in a way that would like tell me to shut up. And, and but but where I didn't feel like I was being, you know, like this, this, uh, being told fa- to shut up. <laughs> yeah, like this fallacy of like, oh, I'm being persecuted. Or this coach is targeting me. You know, like when you're a kid, you think you're you know everything, and that's not true. And especially when I was a lot younger, I felt like that. And he really helped me through that. And he, uh, unfortunately, he passed away. He got into a car accident several several years ago, right after I'd moved up to Michigan. But I always remember him specifically as being like such a good balance of like that firm hand, but also knowing like how to communicate with kids who are having a hard time and, 
and really really getting the most out of every player in terms of an individual because not everybody is the same and some coaches like to approach everybody like they're the same or if somebody's not fitting into their their system or, or their culture at the moment they'll kind of leave them in the corner so when I was a player and I'd see that I'd think about like oh like what would Rob want to want to happen with this kid and I'd try and go out and take care of that kid and and uh that's part of the thing I like about medicine you're helping people who who are like in their lowest moments and a lot of times that can happen to people whether you're playing in juniors or even like in med school people get low and I always I try and be a mentor to as many people as I can because I know what it's like to be down and out and have somebody you know scoop you back up from that and Rob did that for me as a kid so I really appreciated him awesome now away from the game uh, who would you say is the person or persons that have really impacted you and uh, really meant the most to you away from the game? Well, <laughs> it's, that's an easy one. My dad is the best. So, um, you know, my mom, my mom coming up here was all, was always, you know, a, that's a big move for her and a big step. And my dad ended up moving also, but um, a lot of the, the, you know, the struggles you have growing up, um, trying without being like melodramatic but you know oh. i i had i had some hard times where you know you doubt yourself and you you know you're too much in your head and you're you're dealing with like disappointment and rejection and like other like turmoil just being a teenager and trying to grow up and be a man and he was always the person who was solid for me he always looked out for me i never i never had to think twice about whether he was behind me or not and you know we we didn't have a lot of money growing up and he spent like every dime that he had in order to help not just me, but you know, my sisters, my brothers and sisters, you know, do the things that we wanted to do. And, uh, I guess like in terms of life, like the biggest, the biggest thing is following when you say you're going to do something, following through on your word and never, it didn't matter if it was like, Hey, we're going to go throw the ball for five minutes later. He would always follow through on everything he said even if it, even if it killed him and a couple times it almost did so <laughs> he uh we went to my my sister did gymnastics growing up it's kind of a tangent story but he he had a lot of heart problems and he, he had had a heart attack he's had like you know heart attacks cancers multiple open heart surgeries everything and uh he told my sister he would be there for her gymnastics meet and it was in las vegas so he had just had a heart attack and had uh, like stents put in and he flew to Las Vegas which was a bad idea <laughs> and ended up uh, while we were there he was walking down the road but he didn't want to miss her 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 meet so he's walking down the strip and I, he like looked at me and he hands me his cell phone he's like if I fall over make sure you call 911 he ended up having a heart attack there had open heart surgery while he's in Las Vegas almost dying oh just because he just because he was trying to follow through and be there for his kids so like he's always the type of person to put you know, put his, uh, put his kids family first. Family first. Yeah. Such a good guy. Wow. That's incredible. Um, so, uh, you know what the fun, I mean, I, it, don't take this the wrong way, but I can picture that Yeah, with, with him handing you the phone and, and, and it's, it's, it's kind of uh, amusing even, I mean, you know, you don't wish anything like that on anyone, but just the idea that even in your darkest moments, sometimes there you can find humor. You can oh, find yeah. something to smile about, you know, and and that's that, that's to me, that's one, you know, <laughs> and uh, I just, you know, I just find re and it's like 
It's like with AJ, you know, it's like way too young, miss him horribly. I mean, it's just, uh, you don't, you, I mean, that's a pain you don't wish on anyone. And yet when thinking about him, I would laugh because I always think of, I always thought about all the t- th- things that he did when he was in Toledo. And, uh, he told us stories about when he, when he played in Peoria, you know, I mean, some of the stuff that went on there and, you know, he, you just laugh, you know, and that's the kind of stuff I remember. And that's why I smile when, you know, with him, I miss him, wish he was here more than anything, but I smile when I think about him because he was a good dude and, uh, and he, he, he was a character, you know? So that's, that's what I, that's how I choose to remember him. And, uh, you know, uh, it's and Eric was also the same thing. Eric was he, he was a different he was a different kettle of fish, but he was all right. You know, yeah, I always enjoyed Eric. You know, I and matter of fact, I knew Eric a little bit better than I, than I did AJ. So, uh, but uh, I knew them both. So it was. I'm just glad I got to know them. You know, so that that that's the benefit of having gotten to know them when I did. So now, speaking of which, a uh, benefit of getting to know you. Uh, and again, you know, you were just one of those guys that, uh, I always liked cause you were always so, um, respectful, you know, I mean, for the moment you were, you were always respectful, especially off the ice. I'm <laughs> saying, I'm not talking about on the ice. <laughs> we'll leave that, we'll leave that alone. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but no, you were always so respectful on the, off the ice and everything. And, uh, you're always never were, uh, afraid to, you know, talk to me or anything like that. We always got along fairly well. And, uh, you know, I always remember that. And that's why, like when I seen you at the game the other night, I was like, Oh my gosh, it's Ryan. It's like, crap, this is great. You know, that's, that's the first thing I thought of. Honestly, I did, because like I said, I, I'll see a million guys from over the years and it's like, wait, okay. I think I remember this bit about them or that bit about them. But I mean, I, I haven't seen you since you played and I knew immediately who you were. Didn't have to think about it or anything. It's just like, Oh my God, it's Ryan. And and it, it just was so great when I saw you and everything, you and your girlfriend. And it was like, Oh my gosh, this is funny. You know? And, and it was just one of those things that, like I said, it, and it goes to the fact that the way you were when uh, you played, you know, you were always a good kid. You know, there are some kids that they start out a little snotty and immature and whatever, but then they grow up and then as they become adults, they, uh, they, they, they figure it out, you know, and you, you figured it out early, at least, at least as far as the, what you, the way you presented yourself, you presented it as you figured it out early because you're always a, like I said, a solid kid. And, uh, you know, so I just, I can appreciate that. So, but, uh, I'll I'll end it with this. Um, what would you want to say to Cherokee Nation? Because there's a lot of folks that listen to this. Coaches, players, alumni, fans, you name it. They all listen. And I'm very fortunate and blessed by that. But I'm just saying it from the standpoint. What would you like to say to them if you had a chance to say anything? Oh, man. Uh, well, without dipping too much into the cliches, you know, going, going to the game the other night and, you know, being back there and seeing everybody – I got to go go in the locker room and see some of the guys. You don't think about like what an impact these times are going to have on your life. And I don't think you really should be thinking about it either. Everyone would always say to me when I was playing, oh, like at times go by so fast, you know, enjoy it while you have it. You're never going to be able to do that. But just just focusing on 
um, on just living, living like each time you play as, you know, with as much enthusiasm as you can and not taking it for granted is something that's, that's hard to do, but it really is something you should, you should try and keep in the back of your mind is that you're not going to get these experiences again. You're not going to have the same type of camaraderie. You can find glimpses of it. Like in medicine, you can find a little bit of, you know, that team aspect, but it's never quite the same. And, uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know, taking the time to build those relationships and, you know, people like you, you know, like we, um, you talked a little bit about meeting my dad, my dad always loved you and he's a great judge of character, which is how, you know, you know, like you're, you're a great guy and like seeing, you know, seeing Mo and seeing doc and seeing all these people when I was going to the rink every day, I didn't think about it, but all these people have such an impact on your life. So learn as much as you can from everybody around you, even the people you don't like, you can learn a lot. So yes, that's what can. I would say. Serene, soak in as much as you can. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Well, I'll tell you what, this is, again, I say this every time, but it's true. It seems like it's only been just a few minutes and man, we've, we've been going at it a while. So yeah. uh, I appreciate you taking the time, Ryan. I really do. And best of luck in your studies and in, uh, in med, the rest of med school and looking forward to hearing uh, some good things from when they start calling you Dr. Kelly. So I uh, <laughs> appreciate the time. And, uh, hey, we'll, we'll talk again, I'm sure. So thanks for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. Hopefully, you know, it won't be another 10 years before I see you. It'll be sooner than that, trust me. <laughs> oh, hope so too, man. Hope so too. So anyway, that's going to do it for episode 57 of the Cherokee Rewind. Don't forget, if you want to uh, listen to every new episode that comes out, you can subscribe on whatever platform you use for uh, podcasts, uh, whether it be Google Podcast, Amazon Podcast, uh, iHeart, Spotify, um, Pandora. I mean, they're all, it's all available to you. If you want, all you got to do is put in Cherokee Rewind in the search box and click subscribe. Uh, that way, every time a new episode drops, you can listen. So we thank you so much for doing that. For Ryan Kelly, I am Mick. And hey, we'll talk to you next time right here on the Cherokee Rewind.